0: Hey listeners, you're tuning in to a podcast about kids in the hall that easily veers off into mature subject matter and includes a whole heck of a lot of swearing. Enjoy the show, eh?
1: Welcome to Kith and Tell, a sketch comedy routine with no beginning, no ending, stretching on into affinity. Uh, We'll be reviewing each episode with Witty Banner and unmissable segments like, why did they phone this episode in so much? I'm Trevor Record in Vancouver, Canada, and I'm joined by Kalina McCordoff in London, England. Cheerio! Line notes, the royal family can be heard transforming into humans from their Verculean form in the background. On Sideman in Prince Rupert, Canada. Hi! Line note, a Sasquatch emerges from the forest line, (laughs) rips off one of Han's arms and beats him with it. Ow. (laughs) And Stu Derek Coddick in Vancouver, Canada. Hello. Line note, nothing magical happens in Vancouver. (laughs) (laughs) Love it. So we'll be reviewing episode 17 of season one, which aired on April 24th, 1990. Let's kick this off with our sketch rundown. This episode, we've got boo about a Ah! best-selling (laughs) single-sentence horror writer After the hockey game, with Leslie, the vampire fag, and Brad, who's not queer. (laughs) Sketch with just a middle, in which Kevin is rightly afraid he might get fired. (laughs) Nobody's home. The head crusher has a weird friend named Misha. Mass murderer monologue. The difficult thing about being a mass murderer isn't the uh, murdering part. It's the mass part. Mm. Depressed Vaudevillians, in which the only thing that's really depressing is how long the episode, no, uh, sorry, how long the segment oh, was on Oh, Mr. B.
0: For <laughs> oh, Mr. K. Oh, Mr. B. <laughs> oh, Mr. K.
1: We got a story. It. <laughs> and the Darcy Pinnell Show, Fashion to Punish Ugly Women. Mm. So let's start this off with Kids Say the darndest Things, where we all prove how cool we are by trying to do our best Bruce McCullough or Kevin McDonald impression. Kalina, do you want to start us off?
0: Nobody home. There's nobody home. <laughs> so, I mean, I mean, obviously, I, we all know uh, crushing our head guy. But I totally forgot where this came from. And my dad used to say it, still says this all the fucking time. And I think he may have even taught his parrot to say it. So this is just another McCordoff family <laughs> legacy from Kids in the Hall. <laughs>
2: That's a That's delightful anecdote, <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> This, uh, As far as quotes were concerned, this felt like a weak episode for me. Um, my notes don't really have uh, practically any lines noted, although the After the Hockey Game sketch did have a few good ones, and I think my favorite from that one is when Mark is describing an encounter with Vlad the Impaler by saying, You run, stumbling, fearful, the brambles catching on your white, loose-fitting peasant blouse, <laughs> your underwear <laughs> caught around your ankles, you stumble into a clearing.
3: Haven't I been here before? I'm lost <laughs>
2: <laughs> And Mark's delivery at the end of that line just kills it.
3: You know I Oh, that's just a movie, eh? <laughs> I I loved the Scott Thompson casual rural Canadian guy where they're just like mm-hmm. Oh, do you wanna fit into something more comfortable? Oh, I'm casual, right? Like, just his, like, <laughs> Fumar little mannerisms were fantastic. Or the, like, mm. do you mind if I swoop? Hey, it's your place.
1: <laughs> just not picking up on what's going on for so
3: long just into the sketch. Either. Such a dumb-dumb. <laughs> I liked that, and I actually really mm. liked some parts of the uh, Dave Foley, what is it, mm. Christian Renard, the fake Frenchman oh. at the end. Where he was oh, like, yeah. that was good. Yeah. He's like, I think ugly women are uh, abomination. Like <laughs> He... Dave Foley does the Québécois accent character pretty well, and I, I always like when he brings that up.
1: You know, this was a pretty good David Foley episode, I've got to say, and yeah. like I think he's got a lot of kind of good lines in the mass murderer thing, too. Um, that may be like David Foley's best solo sketch even. Um, and he has this one line I really like where it's like it's like what happened the other day. I had just finished ending a life in a senseless act of violence when I work. Well, I ran into this old friend of mine from high school, and he says, "Hey, what you been doing?" And I think to myself, "What have I been doing? What am I doing with my life? Where is this leading? Am I gonna be doing this at fifty? <laughs>
3: <laughs> Who am I doing this for? Is it for myself or the press?" Yeah. <laughs> um, and that, that
1: you know, with that note, let's move on to uh, one of our less featured segments that we call typically Canadian because this episode seemed really Canadian to me mm. anything from the polite mass murder that we just mentioned to the bad talk show to the dumb hockey fan getting picked up with free leaf tickets uh, what made you make, think of maple syrup and the queen in this episode Hans <laughs> you want to start us off
2: other than that, it was just kind of generally a subpar episode for comedy, which seems very Canadian. <laughs> <laughs> um, <laughs> no, for, for me, weirdly, uh, it was the Darcy Pinnell show. Um, and in prepping for this show, I've been watching a lot of Kids in the Hall content outside of just the show proper. And I came across this awful interview that Dave and Bruce gave to the CBC back in 86 <laughs> recently. And the Darcy Pinnell show really reminded me of it in that there were bad questions, poorly answered to basically no studio audience or rather one audience member who was <laughs> only there to escape <laughs> the rain. Awful production values. Um, and it, it's at a time when Oprah was kind of just getting going. And so the awfulness of it in by comparison struck me as a very Canadian trope. Uh, it, it, it really <laughs> did feel like authentic to Canadian talk shows of the time.
0: I mean, there's there's something obviously Canadian about Scott's beer-swilling redneck who comes to Toronto and like keeps getting picked up by gay men. Like this is what happens, right? Um, <laughs> but I mean, as as for the uh, the mass murdering thing, it just generally speaks to people who think their job is going to be a lot more glamorous than it is. Being an adult is hard, even <laughs> even when you're a murderer and and it's uh, dressed up in nice Canadian maple dressing.
1: I mm-hmm. feel like we do have the, is this going to be what I'm doing at 50 conversation <laughs> a lot? Just most of us aren't
3: mass murderers. <laughs> <laughs> we haven't gone yourself. pro yet. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. The Darcy Purnell show was probably the most Canadian thing for me. Um, mm-hmm. It was weird because I didn't recognize it as anything in particular. Like I didn't see this and immediately have memories of something rather Beyond sort of like a just sort of general feeling of shitty Canadian content. Like I looked at it and I was like, it feels nebulous but familiar i'm sure it's referring to something that i don't understand and i 100 am willing to believe that that is a trope that just isn't around anymore
2: mm-hmm. do any of you guys remember there was a um, like a late night talk show uh on comedy network in canada back in the late 90s early 2000s and it was just really bad and like not funny at all it was with this guy who was kind of vaguely balding and sort of overweight. And he was ostensibly the comedic lead and like the interviewer and stuff. And they would just always get bad like C or D list Canadian guests and do these like bits that were never, never funny. It was like Mike, the Mike something show or something like that. Anyways, not, do any of you guys remember that? No? Sorry. no. Mm. I'm sorry. Well, you know I don't believe it. It was <laughs> awful. And, and this Darcy Pinnell show really reminded me of just a daytime version of that.
1: Okay, um, so I want to cut this episode a little bit short because I think we're getting the sense that not everyone loved this one. (laughs) But before we go, let's still pick out what our standout sketch and worst sketch was. Um, So for myself, there were a lot of contenders for worst in this episode, but I think sketch with a middle is the worst in my mind with like zero stars or <laughs> 0.5 stars where it was just like so bad and phoned in that I I really just can't stand it at all like oh. it's just it makes me upset just thinking about how half-assed it was and it's like why did why did they even bother with it you know <laughs>
2: <laughs> y- yeah that one's pretty bad uh it's it's definitely bad i am um... I had it as in the running for the bottom one, but uh, uh, in terms of positive standout sketches, uh, you know, (coughs) hockey game after the hockey game makes a lot of people's best list. I feel like, and rightfully so, Um, but I'm going to give the best one in this uh, to Mm. the mass murder monologue, and mostly because it's such a good Dave bit uh, that Mm. plays perfectly into his style of delivery. And most importantly, this is very important, <laughs> it ends where it should. Yeah. <laughs> um, any longer or shorter, it would have fallen flat, I'm sure. And so often these Dave bits, they go on too long and they they just they run the joke dry. Um, but this one took it exactly as far as it needed to. Dave nailed it, so way to go, Dave. Um, mm-hmm. Good Dave sketch. But then, uh, yeah, on the standout for the worst reasons, uh, for me it's Depressed Vaudevillians. What? Uh, sketch, with, sketch with only a middle is bad. But depressed Vaudvillians was just awful to the point of I don't
1: even bother bothering.
0: No, no, you have that. to I because really I really, there were any really jokes liked it
1: in the depressed Vaudvillians. Like it's just like I'm sleeping with your wife, and then they start singing again. I'm like that's not really. I'm sleeping
2: with your wife was the best part of that sketch, and it was still bad. Like there was no the the whole uh, the i think the intent of that sketch was to instead of telling schlocky jokes we're just going to say depressed things and isn't that funny and it maybe could have worked but for some reason the delivery just didn't get there and and so it or maybe it was because the audience didn't respond to it uh, mm. enough to make to to kind of let you feel like you were in on the joke i don't know but no part of that at any point felt funny to me you
3: know i hear you guys that it's a lazy lazily written script like there's not a lot of the actual jokes in it but i had a great time watching yeah
0: it like i really while. loved it i
3: thought it was really funny like and it was like the kevin delivery of just like oh mr b yeah <laughs> uh,
1: see just, i love that part and i feel like if it was building up to an actually good sketch it would have been great but they just didn't have any any meat to put in that good bread you know <laughs> i don't
0: know i don't know they they, they needed more mayo the, i mean they, they built it up with the uh obvious uh infidelity then the ooh the uh, abortion uh, yeah, yeah it, got, it got pretty dicey i don't know but there was just, just something I, I don't know I, I enjoyed the dichotomy of like the super depressed uh, lines and the the vaudevillian music it was great it was so I good would, anyway I would come to
3: the defense <laughs> of the sketch out of the middle too if while well, you guys are slagging oh on it cuz you, you guys have oh. all you guys want to <laughs> I think you guys are missing the fundamental point of some of the parts of this episode, which is just like, it's weird, and it's funny because it's weird. And it's the, the joke isn't that Kevin wrote a bad skit. It's how uncomfortable he looks knowing he's going to be fired because of his <laughs> bullshit writing. I uh, did have a note for and that, that sketch that his like, mom is the best part. He, he yeah. makes you like sit there and watch him spin his tires and just be like, it doesn't get better, you guys. It makes no sense.
1: <laughs> <laughs> oh, boy. I... I Look, they, they there's some we, we usually don't like when they just sort of break the fourth wall for the sake of breaking the fourth wall. But this one sort of goes one step further. It's like not only are we breaking the fourth wall, but the pa- like paper thin sort of excuse we have for it, we're acknowledging is just terrible. <laughs> mm-hmm.
0: So, I mean,
2: I did like I did like the mom there, though. That was that was a nice, you know, it finished stronger than it
0: started
1: her oh, had a middle too Of course, it. any introduction of an old lady is going to get old mayonnaise <laughs> on board.
2: So, so
0: the, thing, the thing is, I need to ask you guys, Like, whoever told you that after the hockey game was one of their best sketches? Like, I I did not quite understand what the vampire bit added. It could have easily just been a funny <laughs> sketch where it was just like another guy trying to take like a super masculine like rube home.
1: <laughs> oh, man. So, Kalina, are you going to take the stance that even after the hockey game sucked? Was there anything I, you did like in this episode?
0: Um, Yes, actually. So I, yeah, I loved Mass Murderer. I loved Depressed billions, But, like, best sketch, definitely Mass Murderer. It's one of those Dave monologues that, again, you can share with people who don't like Kiss in the Hall, and it does resonate with, like, us who are bigger fans, too. And it's one of the ones that actually made it onto my pre-podcast Kids in the Hall starter pack. So four Ooh. out of five cutoff toes from me. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Kalina, I'll take <laughs> a
2: stab... At explaining the Vlad the Impaler uh, oh. vampire bit um, in that, so my my interpretation, and this could totally be wrong, was was it the the bit for that sketch is part is kind of like that this guy is preying on this dude from out of town. It's it's like he's, I mean, he offers him a blowjob. So there's quite a literal sucking analogy there, you know. Like it's it's uh, there's yeah, this but kind it just of, it just yeah,
0: it just didn't work. It just didn't work. You could have. You could have.
2: I mean, Scott is the is the peasant who's who's like stumbled through the woods into Mark's apartment. You know how there's there's many there's many parallels there. I think it works.
3: Yeah, I don't know. <laughs> it was definitely a weird setup. <laughs> True. Okay. Um, I think
1: that that's all we have. So that's it for our episode seventeen review. Join us for episode eighteen, which will be hosted by a nice man with an extra ticket to the Leafs. <laughs>
2: Thanks for listening to
3: Get the Tell. <laughs> Bye! Bye! Bye. Bye.